You awaken in a cold sweat. Your heart races and your breath quickens. It's 3 a.m. and you're not alone. Something lurks in the corner of the room and it's darker than the night. You're deep in the woods, enjoying a family camping trip. Marshmallows roast and laughs are shared until something screams from behind the rig. It's neither human nor animal, but something in between. You can't see it, but it sees you. You're driving down a dark, lonely road, singing along to your favorite song, when something dressed in white crosses your path. You swerve to an immediate stop and check your rearview mirror, but nothing's there. The people are real, and the stories are legend. The problem is that legends are often riddled in myth. We uncover the truth. Tune in to Paratruth Radio every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NewLanternMedia.com and anywhere podcasts are found. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart. I'm your host, Kat Ward. You can find new episodes on the second and last Sunday of each month on Podbean, YouTube, New Lantern Media, and any place you find fine podcasts. If you have had paranormal encounters you'd like to share, you can either be a guest on the show or you can submit them in writing, and I'll be happy to narrate your story. Just drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. This episode's shout-out goes to my beautiful listeners in Romania. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show, and much love to you all. In episode 58, my special guest Rob Gutrow is an author, paranormal investigator, and medium with Inspired Ghost Tracking of Maryland. He's best known as a pet medium, although he communicates with people as well who have passed. He has written many books, including Pets and the Afterlife 3 Dog Spirit Signs. As a scientist, he also provides some scientific explanation about how energy is the baseline for the afterlife and the medium that entities use to communicate. Rob has helped many grieving people who have lost their beloved fur family members, including yours truly. As you all know, we recently lost our beloved Black Lab Molly, and Rob was able to help us by communicating with her and Rob will always forever be grateful for that and for helping us recognize the signs when she's around us now. Without further ado, I introduce to you Rob Gutrow. 
Hello, Rob. Welcome to Paranormal Heart. Hi, Kat. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Thank you. And I'm so happy that you're here because, um, as you know, I listen to you on Dave Scott's show, uh, Spaced Out Radio. Absolutely love the episode. Um, I've always wanted to have someone on who is not only a paranormal investigator, but someone who can also communicate with animals. So when I heard you, I was ecstatic. It's like, yes, I must I must have him on. <laughs> so then I messaged uh, Dave, and uh, he gave me your contact info. So thank you for being here. Well, I, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, certainly connecting with pets is a, a very special gift. And um, it, uh, it, I mean, it, it began with a tragic start, but it, it manifested itself to the point where I've been able to help thousands of people around the world. And, and that's really been a tremendous gift. Oh, that's amazing. Um, anyone who's ever had a pet know that they're just like having a child. They mean so much to us. There's a lot of people who don't seem to understand the connection that we can have with animals, and they just don't see them as having feelings or being intelligent. And, um, you know, you do have a connection. I've had so many pets in my life, and every personality was different. Yeah, they absolutely are. They're, they're the same as humans. Um, and so uh, so my background is actually a scientist. I'm a meteorologist. And because I'm a scientist in my daytime job, I incorporate science in my books to explain how it all works and how animals are able to communicate. So I use the science of behavior. And I also use, uh, I include neuroscience too, because there are studies using neuroscience that proved that dogs and cats have the same, uh, same exact uh, feelings and uh, emotions that humans do. All animals really do. That was another passion of mine. Uh, so when I found out that you were a meteorologist, I thought, yes, another uh, another passion of mine. I've always loved meteorology, and uh, uh, some say I should have been a meteorologist, but it never never became a, a reality for me. But it uh, definitely is an interest. Well, I always tell people from that perspective, weather is the one thing that affects everybody every day, even if you never leave the house, because the change in pressure systems will affect the way that we feel. So if there's a low pressure system outside, we feel the high pressure within our body forcing on every joint we have. That's why we have pain whenever there's low pressure, because high flows to low. Um, and when we feel high pressure outside and sunny outside, we feel good. So you don't have to leave the house. No, uh, I have a storm glass here, and um, we actually don't really need it because uh, a lot of times my husband will sit, will look at the storm glass and say, "Are you picking up on this?" Because I get weather headaches and uh, yeah. you know, weather migraines. So I have found—I think I had asked you this in an email—I found a correlation between people who are sensitive and who also have weather migraines, and that's just fascinating to me. Yeah, it, it really is. It, uh, energy, if we're sensitive, energy can affect us in many different ways. Um, you know, fortunately, fortunately, it doesn't give me migraines. Otherwise, I would make my profession even twice as hard, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Do you, for uh, being a meteorologist, do you also go out and, um, you know, storm chasers, you know, or do you strictly look at the data? I'm a data guy. Mm -hmm. I, I like to be uh, safe. Yeah. I'm not one of those risk takers. I'm too old to be risk taking. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll stay in the I'll stay in the shadows. Thank you very much. 
there was a time I wanted to uh, be a, a storm chaser until I had kids. And it's like, yeah, I'm not really interested in that anymore. We're in the uh, Ottawa Valley here in Ontario. And uh, quite a few years ago, um, they were talking about potential for uh, rain and thunder showers, but they didn't predict any tornadoes or anything. And I had an appointment in Ottawa, which is two hours away, uh, left the kids home. My husband and I went and I had the worst migraine ever. And I even went to my neighbor across the street and said, uh, kids are staying home. Um, if we have a tornado, can they come over? And she's looking at me going, of course. I'm like, okay, I'll touch base later. So when we got to Ottawa, tried to call the kids and the line was busy. So I went on Facebook, saw all these photos of overturned transport trucks and downed trees. And I looked at my husband and said, holy crap, I think there was a tornado. And there was, oh my yeah. Actually, um, it's the same destruction as a tornado, but I think they they classified it as a downburst. Um, Street light, yeah. So, yeah. but when we came back to town, uh, the kids were safe, you know, but um, when we came back to town, it looked like a war zone. So now I know what, um, what, what kind of a headache or what kind of pressure I'm going to feel when a tornado is is coming and like I said that they didn't even anticipate any tornadoes or anything and it just just happened but my, my wow. head knew <laughs> yeah that's scary yeah so now whenever I have uh, weather migraines the, the family always asks me well is it a tornado headache or is it a regular headache <laughs> It's like, oh. no, we're just going to have regular thunder, thunder showers. <laughs> you are a human barometer. That's, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So how long have you been doing the paranormal and what got you interested in it? Um, so I've actively been doing the paranormal for about 11 years, since 2010, um, right after I published my first book. But um, my first experience actually came when I was a teenager and um uh, over the course of time, I really didn't pay attention to it, not until 2005 when a puppy of mine passed away. He was killed by a car when his leash opened, um, and he reawakened everything. He actually blew the doors off the paranormal for me because he helped prove to me all of the different ways that pets can communicate from the other side. So then I started paying attention. I started making notes. I started writing everything down. I used to keep a journal. Uh, a diary. So that made it easier for me to go back and actually put a book together. It's such a tragic way to have things like that awaken. Um, but in another way, it's also a blessing because um, I imagine you've helped so many people with their losses as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so it really made me think about how um, are we we all have a purpose in life and sometimes our lives are short for a reason um even though it as tragic as that is so i know that my dog buzz that's his name that passed um although he had a very short life it was meant to be short so that his life would serve as a way to uh help bring comfort to countless other people so so that was his purpose here are you still connected with him now? Do you still communicate with him? Oh, very much. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do find that, you know, time time really doesn't matter um, when it comes to communicating with spirits on the other side. Um, you know,
I would have migraines, he would always come and lay down next to me and purr next to my head and it would It's incredible. They, um, what fascinates me as well is when dogs can sense someone has a disease like cancer or something, you know, um, I'm not quite sure how they do it, if it's a smell or that they, they're picking up on or, or whatever it is, but do you find that animals have come, true, come through to you from the other side to say that someone is sick? Um, they've alluded to, to that on a, a rare occasion, but for the most part, they want to focus on connecting to the pet parent. So they won't, it's, it's less, it's less of a psychic reading kind of thing and more of a bonding uh, assurance that they're still there. Um, but I actually just, I, I actually just read, um, uh, a book about the sense of smell and dogs have like 300 million sensory receptors for smell and we have 5 million. So that's why, you know, we can't smell much of anything in comparison. Yeah. But yes, so they were talking about also the, the smelling of different diseases, in, including cancer and so forth. And, and uh, there's actually research going on right now about using dogs to detect COVID. Yes, I read about that. That's yeah. amazing. I hope that uh, they can use pets to be able to do that instead of having that little uh, swab test that they're doing right now. Uh, it would be a little less evasive, I think, <laughs> a little more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd rather uh, I'd rather see a dog than a swab, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> right. So how can you explain to someone that, how can I put this in words? So you said there's signs that pets are trying to communicate with their owners. What signs should people be aware of or to look for? Well, gosh. Um, so pets, pets will often communicate the the same way that they did when they were alive. So we need to look for things that that they used to do when they were with us. Um, they may uh, they may make noises on the floor. You may hear their nails. Um, you may hear a bark or a meow. Um, what's interesting about the noise that they make? Uh, usually, it sounds like it's coming from another room. Um, so. I, uh, pay, so pay attention to that. What what it means is it just means it takes so much energy for them that it, that even though they may be like standing next to you, they're they're mm -hmm. not. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, at least sound wise. Um, so you may see a visible sign. Uh, you may actually see them in full color, but that takes a lot of energy to do that. You may see them as a shadow out of the corner of your eye. Um, they may, other, other ways that they communicate with you is they may lead you to another pet that looks like them. Oh. Um, um, there's a whole variety of ways. They, they, may, uh, they may show you, um, they may keep showing numbers to you that mean something. Um, 
you may hear you may go to a certain place and hear their name mentioned when it's a total stranger at talking about something something or someone else mm -hmm. but whenever that happens know that your pet made it happen that you were there at that very moment in that very spot to hear that very name because there's no such thing as a coincidence when it comes to spirit so true when you mention about uh, numbers are you referring to sometimes when you look at a clock and it's 111 or it's uh, 222 is that uh, signs from not necessarily a loved one but it could be one of your fur babies on the other side is, is that what you're referring to yes that's exactly okay. what I'm referring to so uh, I'm not really well versed in numerology but I do know 111 is like a, a new life and that 111 is typical of spirit to share um, when I do readings from pets, they will sometimes share numbers with me, and and that's been really fascinating in itself. Um, my uh, I just did a, a reading for my friend Christina Corsetti, who runs Haunted Salem here in the U.S., and uh, her dog passed, and she uh, one of the things her dog gave me was the number nine three five, and you, you know sometimes they tell people it could be a date, could be. Uh, uh, could be a time, um, could be any number of things, like a, a dog tag number, anything. Mm -hmm. But she wrote me back and she said 935 was exactly the time my dog passed. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, uh, in, my, in my book, Pets in the Afterlife 3, there's another instance, which is, is fascinating to me, that uh, dogs work with, with human spirits on the other side, too. And... In this particular case, there uh, there's a dog named uh, Blake. His dad wrote me in July of one year and wanted to get signs from Blake. And so Blake gave me a number of different signs, and he, and he shared the number 512, and he kept saying 512, 512, 512. And I thought, okay, that's it's either a time or a date or something. I don't know what it is. So I sent that in the email reading that I do, because I do readings by emails. And David replied, and he said, I don't know what that means, but... I'll keep it in the back of my mind, get back to you. And he, he wrote me back in January of the next year. And he said, you may not remember me. <laughs> Blake was the dog you read. 512 was the number he kept giving. I had no idea what it meant. Long story short, he said, I am a physician. And I recently saw a patient in my office who had a collapsed lung. And I realized the code was 512, the medical code. He said, my dog passed from a collapsed lung. Oh, wow. So there's a highly intensely personal way that this dog was able to con convince to his dad that he was talking to me. That's amazing. Yes, it, 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 it shocks me. <laughs> it really does. But pets can do so many things from the other side. I, uh, I've always wondered if they did. Uh, and the, from the past few years, I've been hearing more and more people like yourself uh, relaying messages to their, their um, I don't want to say owners, you know, their, their moms and dads. <laughs> I call them pet parents. Pet parents, yes. <laughs> yeah.
So they learn the many ways that they can communicate. And that way they can look for the signs themselves and they can get that comfort themselves without having to go to a medium. And that was my purpose of writing the books. Hmm. I'm going to have to start looking for some signs because I've had a, a few uh, few cats and a dog that have crossed over and uh, some cats and my current dog now that are getting up there in years. <laughs> So we lost, when I was finishing this book, um, we lost two of our four dogs. Oh. Um, one was a dachshund who was over, just over 16 years old, and he passed in May of 2020. And the other was uh, our Weimaraner, and she was one month shy of turning 16, and she passed in October. And these two, uh, these two have been with my husband and I since we met each other, and before we met each other. And... Um, they were our kids. It, it really is like losing teenagers. Um, for, the, for the folks listening, there's actually a psychological aspect to this. And I've read a number of psychological studies, and I have a, a good friend who is a, uh, a medical psychologist who actually helped with a chapter in this book about grief. So if you've lost a pet and you are in intense grief, please know that it's perfectly normal. The reason is, is we bring our pets up just like we bring up our children. Um, I tell people that we take them to school, we teach them how to socialize, um, we teach them language, we teach them how to, you know, go to the bathroom, we take them to the doctor, um, we, they know routine, they learn feeding time, we exercise them, they play together, all of the same things you do with human children. And I always say that the only difference is, is that they don't grow up and marry someone you hate and move away. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, like they don't that. live as long, sadly. Yeah. But, you know, if they did live as long as human children, they would outlive us. And then we would be terribly worried about them. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's that. So psychologically speaking, in terms of grief, and one of the chapters that I have in this book is is about how to cope with grief and ways to deal, you know, work your way through it, um, is because they're, we look at them as children. You know, as humans, we're, we're brought up to think that we will never outlive our children. So there's a double-edged sword there, and that's what makes it harder. Um, I have to tell you, Kat, that I have actually spoken to or e emailed with several people who told me they were suicidal because of the loss of their pet. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, I'm not a therapist by any means. Um, I can only share messages. But for those people who get that far, uh, you know, number one, please call suicide prevention hotlines. Uh, number two, please contact a therapist. Um, and number three, know that your pet does not want you to harm yourself in any way. They want you to live a full life. And in fact, your pet wants you to maybe adopt another pet and give that other unfortunate pet the love that you gave to them. So that's kind of my public service message <laughs> from your pet on the other side. <laughs> wow, I didn't figure that there were so many people that would be that touched when their pet passes away. I've been very, very... I've taken days off after having to put a, a pet down. You know, I would call work and say, look, I have to put uh, one of my pets down today and I'm not coming to work. Uh, and I may not be there tomorrow as well. 
And sure. uh, sometimes they look at me as if to say, uh, no, you need to come to work. And it's like, no, I need to grieve a little bit. Um, I will be there. You know, I don't need a week off or anything like that. I just need a couple of days. Um, a lot of people don't understand that, but I've, um, I just can't imagine being suicidal. Like, like I said before, pets just touch us in so many incredible ways. Well, I think that um, the fact that they can give us unconditional love mm -hmm. and something we really can't get from another human is is probably the reason why people get much more uh, in depth of grief um, because of that loss. Because they'll never be able to experience that again unless they adopt another pet. Pets don't seem to be judgmental. They love us because they love us, you know, for who we are. And um, a lot of times I've come across people who didn't feel they were accepted by other people, but yet their pets accepted them. It didn't matter what they did or what they said, you know, they just, they love them and that was enough for them. Yeah, there's absolutely no strings attached. Mm -hmm. They yeah. love us unconditionally. Um, and we could learn a lot from that, I think. For sure. I always uh, say that I try to listen to animals for um, how they react to other people around me. If they don't like them, then there's a reason why. Um, or I had a, the dog that I have now, Molly. We were living in Alberta, and she was trying to get my attention. And I've learned a long time ago, listen to your pets. And um, it was pouring rain outside, and we had a little bit of flooding in the basement, and I, didn't, I had no idea. We just moved in about a week before, so we had all our boxes there. So it would have been destroyed, so the kids and I moved everything. You know, husband was out, uh, and she let me know that, hey, you need to come see this. So um, wow. always listen to your pets. Yeah, she was doing her job. Yes, That's she awesome. Yes, yeah. And, and that brings up another aspect, too, about pets in the afterlife, too, is that even after they're physically gone, they continue to do their job. So they will, they will often check the house at night. Um, so that's why usually when people go to sleep uh, who have lost pets, they may actually report hearing like nails on the floor or, or some rustling noises in the house and there's no explanation. And the explanation is your pet is actually just watching, you know, watching over you, protecting the house and, and doing the rounds to make sure you're okay before you go to sleep. So they still do their job. That's amazing. We did an investigation once where we took a photo in, in the, um one of hundreds of photos during that investigation and in the stairway um, there was a cat you could see the cat I'll send you the photo and when we showed the client she says oh my that's my cat that passed a few months prior Wow! and she said she, the reason why she contacted us is because it, especially at night when she go to bed she felt something at the end of the bed by her feet come to find out it was her cat because the cat used to jump up when she went to bed and curl up by her feet so she was relieved that it wasn't anything evil or demonic, you know, uh, it's just your cat. Your cat's still with you. And she was so relieved. And they really do do the same things in, uh, in spirit that they did in life. So uh, I will often hear from cat parents that they'll, they'll actually feel little treads of feet walking across the end of their bed. Or their cat or dog will feel like a pressure laying against their legs. After they passed, so yeah, it's it's quite common. Sometimes we feel, as I told you earlier, I have three cats, and um, at least two of them like to sleep with us. And sometimes it you 
you swear one of them just jumped on the bed because you can feel it and you look to see which one it was and there there's no one there there's no animal so then I know that it was one of our pets I'd, from the past I don't know which one uh, but I would just smile and so would my husband say yeah it's one of our past pets I don't know which one but I kind of wish I uh, I had the ability to be able to tell which one it was but it could be both <laughs> <laughs> could be you know, they um, they all do come around. So, and that's one thing. That's another thing that that we can talk about too. Is that um, as a as a scientist, I really read up about the different physiology that dogs and cats have, and how that actually impacts their ability to sense a an earthbound ghost or a spirit who has crossed over, and. I have learned that dogs and cats have different cones and rods in their eyes, and the cones and rods enable them to see motion. So, you know, as paranormal investigators, we use like high-speed cameras and so forth to to try and pick up an image of a spirit or a ghost moving very fast. They don't need that. They can actually see them head on because they see that faster movement. Um, they also, of course, have better hearing than we do. They, if you if you blow a dog whistle, they we can't hear it, yep. but they can. They can hear it at different frequencies. And you know, when you're on your paranormal investigations, you use a digital recorder to try and pick up those different frequencies, and and it registers sometimes on the recorder. And, and although we can't hear anything, but they can hear it. So that said, um, if your listeners are have a pet and the pet is staring at a certain part of the house, they may have a visitor in spirit. It doesn't mean an earthbound ghost, so your house isn't haunted. But you may have a visitor of a loved one in spirit who's decided to drop in and say hello. And please note that when that happens, note the date and note the time, because you may be able to link it back to whoever that is. I never thought to look at that, the date and time. Uh, one of my cats in particular seems to be a little more um, sensitive to things like that. She'll be staring at things and, you know, the first thing you think of is, well, maybe she sees a bug or something, you know. But, um, sure. oh, no, she, she'll follow things and her eyes get big and she's just look, she, she never freaks out or anything. So I know it's nothing bad, but I've always wanted to be able to have enough smarts to be able to develop a pair of glasses or something to see in the same spectrum that cats see. Uh, I really wish I was that smart, but no. <laughs> well, that'd be pretty cool if we could do that. Oh, that um, would be amazing. So, have you, so since you came into a, uh, uh, you encountered a spirit cat, mm -hmm. did you ever take a dog on a paranormal investigation? No. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, I haven't. That would be interesting. So, so we did. So my husband and I took our dog, Dolly, who's a Weimaraner, the one that just passed, um, years ago <clears throat> on a paranormal investigation and I, I wrote about that in my pets in the afterlife one book um the there was a family that contacted the group that i belong to inspired ghost tracking of maryland and they said that their dog had passed six months before and they were hearing things downstairs um wondered if their dog could have been coming back to visit um they also had a ghost problem too they had so they had a couple of different things going on there. Um, so in order to figure out the dog, we decided for the first time we would take our dog, Dolly, 
on the investigation. And this is how perceptive dogs are with spirit. Um, we didn't know exactly where the house was in the in a cul-de-sac where this house was situated. We knew the number, but we couldn't see the number from the street. Actually, the, house, the number was all the way on the house, which was set far back, down long driveways. Um, anyway, we got out of the, I remember getting out of the truck and put Dolly on the leash, and she pulled me two houses down, and then, and she was so strong pulling me, she pulled me all the way down a driveway to the front door, and she sat. And I thought, I hope this is the right house, because <laughs> <laughs> it looked kind of stupid. <laughs> Turned out to be it was the right house. The, the manager of the, of the paranormal group came up and she said, how, how did you know the number? Because you can't see the number. And I said, I didn't. Dolly obviously was following somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, after we did a short walk around in the, in the first floor of this house, um, I let Dolly go. I took her off leash with the owner's permission, the husband's permission. And I said, okay, go ahead and show me. Well, Kat, she ran upstairs, and she ran, and we hadn't gone upstairs before. She ran all the way upstairs, went to the first bedroom on the right-hand side, and sat staring at the bed. And we all ran up the stairs after her. And um, I, I said to the the dad, I said, "Does this make any sense to you?" And he says, "Yes, because our dog would run in from the outside and run upstairs, go into that room, and sit because he was bonded to my son. Oh, wow. So she was chasing the dog in spirit. Yeah." That's amazing. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah. It is. So she solved the mystery of, of one of the things in the house. Mm-hmm. The other one was uh, different. Uh, we actually took her, um, you know, took her out uh, afterward because they, when the mother came home, long story short, it was, um, she had an attachment of a burn victim who died in the hospital she worked at oh, that wow. came with her, mm-hmm. and we had to put her over. But that's in that's in one of my. Case Files of Inspired Ghost Tracking Book. That was pretty crazy. That's amazing. We um, we had one uh, case that um, they had been pushed down some stairs, and their little, I think, two-year-old girl uh, would get knocked over. Uh, balls from the, you know, the toys would be moving around by themselves. Come to find out, I put two and two together, and I said, when you got knocked down, could you tell me where you felt it? And it was right around the same level as a dog. You know, when a dog goes down the stairs next to you, sometimes they bump into you. And come to find out, it was um, there was a fire in that building, uh, I don't remember how many years ago, and the woman and her dog perished in the fire. And the dog was still there and was playing with the little girl, playing with the balls, you know. Um, they were convinced that it was something demonic because they were being pushed down the stairs. A little girl was being pushed, you know, knocked over. Uh, but she would be giggling. So it's like, okay. Um, yeah, you won't giggle nice. with a demonic thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unless it's nervous laughter, but um, no. Yeah. So we found out, no, it was actually a dog that was in your house. So uh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, we probably have a lot more cases that um, the, uh, the client probably – well, obviously, they wouldn't be aware that it, it would actually be an animal, you know, a pet of theirs. And um, that just, it, it, although I'm aware of it, it just blows me away as well. Yeah, I think we're, as paranormal investigators, I think we're always focused on trying to figure out the human aspect of, yes. of hauntings. And we really don't, we don't address the fact that some dogs and cats will come back and visit in spirit. 
Um, so I wanted to backtrack for just a second because the uh, one thing that I make a distinction of um, is the entities. And I haven't heard a lot of paranormal investigators do this, but I decided in, when I wrote my first book, I called it Ghosts and Spirits um, because there is a true distinction, I think. So I've come to find out what happens after we die is the energy that is within our physical bodies coupled with memories, personality, and knowledge. And we choose to stay here on Earth at a fixed location of our choosing. has to be usually a place we're familiar with or where we died. Um, and that's what I call a ghost. Yes. And we stay here for a variety of reasons, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, conversely, we the ones that cross over, I call spirits. Um, I don't think they're interchangeable. It's really, it's about location. You know, I always say to realtors, you know, it's location, location, location. <laughs> Here. <laughs> Ghosts are earthbound, and they can only interact with with humans in that place that they choose. Spirits can interact with us anywhere, anytime, any place. If we're on vacation, if we're in a car, anywhere we visit, and that's a that's a big difference to me. Um, so, sense. I will say that ninety, I would say ninety eight, ninety nine percent of our pets cross over because there's always somebody waiting for them on the other side. Mm -hmm either human or other pets on the other side. Um, and I, when when our dog Dolly crossed over, I got visible proof of that, which really just <laughs> choked me up. Would you like to share so, that? Sure, I, I can do that. Um, so Dolly, um, in the last year of her life, Dolly was a real fighter, and she, she was the one that I doted on all the time. Um, I... I adopted her from a, a wine runner rescue in Tennessee when she was three months old. She was part of a, a group of puppies that were abandoned by a breeder. Um, so the wine runner rescue took her in, they nursed the puppies, and then they adopted them out. So because she came from Tennessee, I named her after my favorite entertainer, Dolly Parton. Ah. Um, and Dolly and I had this bond where we knew what each other was thinking, no matter what. didn't matter. We knew what we were going to do. We could do that. Um, anyway, in the last year of her life, she <clears throat> she became continent uh, with number one and number two. She had to wear a diaper all the time, so I was always changing her diaper several times a day. Um, we she finally we we let her sleep in the kitchen in the last six months of her life because our other dog slept in the kitchen. He had back issues, and he he passed three months uh, four months before her. So. Every night I would sleep in the kitchen on the floor until she fell asleep. Oh. And then I would go to bed. Um, on the, the night before, the night we knew that she was going to pass, um, she had a disc that slipped in her, in her back. And it rendered her back legs useless within 24 hours. Um, and we knew it. So that night at 8 o'clock, the night before, we called the vet to come to the house the next day. Um, because she was miserable and she was telling me, Dad, I need to go. I need to go. I'm tired. I can't fight anymore for you. Um, so I slept on the floor with her and our other little dog in my in my arms, our dachshund who was bonded to her. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, she raised her head up. And she stared at a door in the kitchen that goes to our laundry room. And I couldn't get her to get down. I couldn't put her head down. And, and I thought, you know, she can barely pick her head up, but she is 
adamant to stare at this door. So I finally looked over there. There, visibly, I saw my mom and dad, who had passed, our friend Ed, who died in 1996, and uh, our three dogs. And they were all waiting for her. And they were there about five seconds. And, um, and they disappeared. As soon as they disappeared, she put her head down. Um, so I knew that they were waiting for her. Um, the next day, my friend Ruth Larkin, who's the Beantown medium, uh, she called me or texted me. And she said, Rob, um, Dolly has come through. And she said, um, I want you to know, <clears throat> she told me that your mom and dad and another guy was there and three dogs. <laughs> and I just thought, wow. oh, my gosh, that's exactly who I saw waiting for her. Sorry to bring back all these these feelings. No, it's it's okay. I, I mean, I get very emotional. I mean, like like we all do with our pets. But <clears throat> um, but I bring this story up because I want everybody to know that you know your loved ones in spirit, whether they're pets or people, mm -hmm. are going to be waiting for your dog or cat or horse or bird or whatever pet you have uh, on the other side to help them across. So they're not going to be alone, and they'll be okay. That's beautiful to know that they're still going to be waiting for us on the other side. Are there any kind of animal that you're not able to communicate with or you haven't yet? Or I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, well, um, so, yeah, there, so there, are, there are several. First of all, I, I can only communicate with domesticate, domesticated animals. Okay. And the reason for that is that they learn our language and our emotions and our routine and our behavior and so forth. So it's easier for me to, to, to get messages from them because they grow up basically as small children. Um, and so I have I actually even communicated with rabbits, um, birds, gerbils, and even a rat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and a fish. And a fish. <laughs> that would be interesting. A very, very tiny scope of whatever they can tell you. They, they're really, it's just, it's an observance thing with them. They can't, they don't know language or anything. Yeah. Not like dogs and cats and so forth. Um, one thing I kind of draw the line at is insects and reptiles. Um, just because I'm uneasy with them in the physical. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that preconceived feeling would probably interfere with my ability to communicate effectively with them. So the wild animals I can't communicate with because they just don't know our, they can't relate to us. Yeah. They haven't been around us enough to be able to communicate in a way that we would actually understand. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, but yep. Any domesticated animal, uh, is, uh, it can make a message come through. So been, sorry, go ahead. No, it, it, it's just, it really, it's just all about how they can relate to us. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the key of communication, especially from a medium's perspective. Um, when I, when I do readings as a, as a medium, often the, uh, the pets will actually show me images in my head mm -hmm. and, uh, they will also repeat words that they've heard, um, or they'll, you know, show me favorite places or favorite objects or something like that, or they'll, 
they'll tell me something. So in one case, um, I remember a dog that was very adamant about his favorite toy. Um, and it was a yellow squeaky bone. And, and he said he does not want his brother dog to get that bone. <laughs> and so when I wrote to the pet parent, I, you know, of course, people write me and they don't tell me they have another pet. They don't tell me if they're married, if they're single, where they live. I don't know nothing about anything. And he wrote me back and he said, yeah, his favorite, his favorite toy was a yellow squeaky toy. And he never wanted his dog, his uh, brother dog, Charlie, to play with it. Hmm. So we had to keep it from him. I thought, okay. Um, and other, you know, other pets will actually describe to me visibly in my head what the people on the other side look like. Um, and they've described what they wear. Um, I remember one one pet described that he it was I think it was a dog. He was with his grandfather and he showed me multiple images of his grandfather and in the in the images the grandfather was always wearing a checkered shirt. Like a lumberjack kind of shirt. Okay, yeah. So I said Okay, so I wrote that to the the, mom, the pet mom, and I said, this is weird because your dog is only showing me that your grandfather or only wore the same checkered shirt all over and over again. And she wrote me back and she said, my grandfather only had checkered shirts in his closet. That's all he ever wore. So she knew that her dog was with her grandfather. And I just thought, that can't be right. <laughs> you know, Never changes I, a shirt. <laughs> Yeah, so I, when I get these messages from the pets, I really have to trust what they're telling me. And it's it's hard as a medium, too, to not interject my own personal opinion mm -hmm. in these messages because I, sometimes I doubt myself. Like, no, he had, you know, he had to wear something more different than the same kinds of shirt every day. Mm -hmm. and, but nope, <laughs> I need to listen to him. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. I really, I really wish I could communicate that way with my pets. Um, I've tried, but for whatever reason, there's some kind of a blockage there. Maybe deep down inside, I don't want to, or they don't want to, or I, I don't know. Um, they'll find a way to get to you over time, and mm -hmm. in in different ways. I always tell people that if if you really want a sign from your pet, the dreams are the easiest way that they can communicate. So ask before you go to bed if they will come into your dreams. And typically within two weeks, they'll try to do that. Um, you know, the only caveat to that is if you are in deep grief, that grief will act as a block. It will act as an emotional block. But sometimes our pets can be very clever. And what I mean by that is uh, they'll go to somebody else that they know will give you the message. So in one instance, I, I got an email from uh, a woman who's... Um, whose dog passed, and she said that she has not been able to dream of her dog. But she said, and she's re and she said she was getting irritated because she wasn't getting any messages. And I said, well, your grief is too intense. And she said, but wait a minute, my husband has had several dreams of my dog. And she, she said, I argue with him over that all the time. <laughs> and I said, well, first of all, your dog, your dog doesn't want you to argue with your husband. <laughs> Secondly, your dog is coming through to your husband because he's kind of understood. He's, you know, he's accepted the loss. Yeah. 
So the only way your dog can come through to you is by giving him the messages that your dog is okay and and having him share it. So your dog does not want you to be arguing with your husband. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, you know, uh, other things too is that pets will go to your friends uh, or your neighbors. So when um, when Dolly passed in October, um, uh, a friend of mine in Massachusetts who lives you know, 400 miles away and has never met Dolly um, knew about knew about Dolly because she would read my Facebook postings and she sent me a, a text message the the next day and she was out on her normal neighborhood walk and she said she said I I, I hope that you know Dolly will continue to give you signs or will bring you signs and she said, I was out in my neighborhood walking on a Weimaraner that looked like Dolly, ran out of the woods and stopped and sat and stared at me. <laughs> and she said, oh, my gosh, I've never seen this Weimaraner before. She lived there for many years. Mm -hmm. And she said, what are the chances the woods and sit and stop and stare at me when I'm looking for a sign from Dolly to give to you? And that's exactly how it works. So that was Dolly that influenced, uh, influenced that wine to come out. And she said, even since October, she's never seen that wine around her again. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to work a little hard, harder now to uh, see if any of my pets want to communicate or if they've been trying. It must be frustrating for them, too, that if they want to try and communicate with their, um, with their parents and uh, they're, they're not open to it. Yeah, that's a, that is a big... Uh, issue so and I have found that actually in in different couples that you know one would typically be open to it and the other one would not mm -hmm. um, uh, there's a um, there's a story in my pets in the afterlife three book about um, uh, a dog named little and a woman had written me and she said my boyfriend is really skeptical he doesn't you know he doesn't believe that pets can communicate from the afterlife and um, I remember, I remember getting in touch with Little, and um, so Little showed me something that that he really liked. And um, I, I need to remember here. So it was oh, it was one of one of Little's favorite toys. So I remember writing that Little was showing me a little yellow toy, and it looked like almost like a yellow duck. Um, and that he wanted to let his mom know that that was his very favorite toy. Now, out of all the toys that dogs have, it's really, you know, interesting that they could pick out anything they want. Um, so when I, I wrote her that note and I said, so little is very much around you and wants you to know that how much you know, he had a great life and, and this is his favorite toy and please put it aside. So when I, after I sent that, she sent me a note back and I'm going to show you this on online here. Oh, um, yeah. She sent a picture of Little's favorite toy, a little yellow duck. Yeah. <laughs> and she wrote me back and she said, okay, my boyfriend believes you now. <laughs> <laughs> she said, how would you know? Yeah. Unless... You know, unless the unless little told you, and I said, well, that's exactly right. You know, I I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um. 
Every dog has their favorite toys. Mm-hmm. We have a dachshund two-hour mix who carries around this furry bone-shaped toy. Mm-hmm. Um, our other our, our dachshund carries around two things. One is a lamb, a little lamb, and the other one is a woodstock, yellow woodstock from Snoopy. Oh, yep. Uh, so, and, and every dog has their own toy. And oh, these dogs that there. I communicate with and cats will also share their favorite toy. So cats have, cats have shared their favorite toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, that really helps people understand that I am actually communicating with their pet. It gives validation. It does. And, you know, as a scientist, I'm always looking for validation. Yep. Well, we're at the end already. It's, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I could talk to you for hours. I feel like we just got started. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Before uh, we sign off, uh, could you tell the listeners where they could find you and your book, uh, any websites or anything like that? And I'll also add uh, links in the show notes so they won't have to go searching. They'll just be easy for them to click on it. Well, sure. Thank you. So um, everybody can find me on Amazon. I'm on Amazon platforms around the world, Um, Amazon Canada, Amazon uh, US, Amazon UK, Mexico, Japan, everywhere. and my website is you can easiest run to remember is petspirits.com. Okay. Um, because trying to pronounce my name is and spell it is just not going to work. So petspirits.com, and um, and you can also find me on Facebook and uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I have a YouTube channel too where I put up some interviews or I do some uh, Facebook Live videos and so forth. Um, I love questions. Um, and I always try to answer questions every week on my blog. So it's, it could be about people or pets, um, ghosts or spirits, doesn't matter. Um, and I, I do do limited readings. Um, and all it really takes is one thing, one personal thing from a pet to let you know that, that they are, that they're talking to me and they're communicating. But Above all, know that the love that we share with our pets lasts forever and that they will be waiting for us on the other side um, and they will help us. Um, If you are in deep grief, please seek some counseling uh, to help you through it because our pets want nothing but the best for us. Um, And by the way, our pets will come back and train new pets that we adopt. We didn't even get to touch on that in this this interview, but um, we could talk about that another time. For sure. I'd love to have you back and we can touch on some more things. That sounds great. Awesome. And what's the name of your, your uh, YouTube channel? The, the name of the YouTube channel? Um, I, I think it's just my name, Rob okay. Gutrow. Um, okay. But you can just search for Rob Gutrow and you'll probably find it. Okay. That sounds good. I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Well, thanks. I, again, I really appreciate you having me on. and. Um, Again, my my whole purpose and my mission is to share my gift and bring peace and comfort to everybody and let them know that our pets will always be uh, communicating with us from the other side and and taking care of us. And I thank you for doing that because it just helps so many grieving people get past it and to know that their pets are still going to be waiting for them on the other side. Thank you for that. You're very welcome.
thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, and I look forward to, to doing it again. As do I. Just hang tight for a second and uh, just chat for, for a couple of minutes. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening, and take care of yourselves and everyone around you. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 